0: Hey y'all, I'm Erin Bagwell.
1: And I'm Diana Matthews. Welcome to Feminist Wednesday's Beaver Talk, the podcast where we give Hollywood unsolicited advice about feminism. In our world, Sabrina casts a spell to rid us of Frank Underwood's ghost. Princesses become presidents. And
0: America is run by an all-female cabinet.
1: Join us as we deep dive into all the things that fire us up about film and television. The glorious, the misogynistic, and the groundbreaking. This is Beaver Talk.
0: Good morning. How are you? I'm great. How
1: are you? You look nervous. I'm not. We start a lot of these episodes by saying that we're nervous. I don't know what we're like. Maybe we're just owning it today. I'm not, a la I'm not nervous.
0: Are you nervous to I'm talk not, about No, this? I'm not nervous. You I just got have... my hibiscus tea. I'm feeling great. I'm I mean, excited about this. There's a woman episode. president in
1: the White House. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's a good day to be alive in our world.
0: <laughs> yeah, in, in our imaginary Netflix world. <laughs>
1: Um, I watched season six of House of Cards in an embarrassingly short amount of time.
0: Well, you texted me because you were like, we were bouncing between a couple of series and you were like, you just need to get on board and start watching. Yeah. And then I beat you to finishing it. Yeah. And that which was really painful because there's so many big spoilers towards the end of the yeah. series, especially. Yeah. And I was like, Diana needs to get on it. And then I wasn't sure when you had finished and I kept wanting to text you and it was quite a kerfuffle.
1: Yeah, I know. And then we just didn't talk about it because it got too close to the episode. So we have a lot of release to go through in this. I know. 30 minutes, but um, high level. I think this is the first time this show has taken a hard line stance since it first came out since season one.
0: I think this is the best season since season one.
1: Yeah, I completely agree because I feel like we slept for like season two to season five, because they just, like, got so much out of Frank Underwood and so much out of Ke- Kevin Spacey's character. Yeah. And it was like, they just kind of relied on him to carry the whole thing. And I feel like Claire in this season is exceptional.
0: Well, it was funny. Somebody I mentioned, we were doing this episode, and um, somebody was like, I haven't seen House of Cards in a while. What should I do? And I was like, skip it all. Jump <laughs> right in. This I think is- they need we're season
1: in- one. I you mean, gotta, like, if set you, it up. well, she
0: had seen some of them. She okay. was like, I had fallen off at five or six or four or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, you don't need to just jump right in. Yeah. We're in a new, we got a new attitude. This is a new energy. This is a new space we're in. You know, we've got a new president. It's all happening.
1: But it's also the final season. So there's kind of this like bittersweetness to it where I feel like they have a really special thing with Robin Wright as Claire Underwood and it's mm-hmm. over. And so I almost at the end of the season was like, well, we're never going to gonna be, see this character again to be.
0: Yes, I was like, should we do more? <laughs> Are we going to have a spinoff? Like, what could we? And then I was imagining like her like and, you know, we're diving in, guys. There's spoilers abound. But if I was you like, haven't
1: watched like you, and you want to like experience everything in real time, then you need to put this episode down. Go listen to one of our other episodes and come back yeah circle back with us um but I was like could we do
0: like a series with her and her daughter like and the politics I was like spin-off spin-off because I think to have a woman like Claire who's so powerful and so um I guess evil
1: psychopathic (laughs) is
0: there's something so spectacular about it oh yeah and so I don't know what the word is I think women, because historically we're just so underestimated, and to see her walk through this role being underestimated, but then, like, when in her
1: way was Mm. so satisfying. Yeah, I mean, she just comes up against, like, man after man after man who's, like, trying to, like, get in her way and, like, get rid of her power. But then she also has these two female, I don't even want to call them friends because they're not her friends. They're definitely frenemies, played by Patricia Clarkson and Diane Lane, who... I, it was just an absolute joy to watch them on screen together because we never see women have these conversations, especially not in the Oval Office.
0: Well, I think their their friendships were so conniving. Mm-hmm. And it's something, and they played it so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Like there was such a grace to the decorum, mm-hmm. but then like evil and the like it was just, I, I can't explain it. It's like complicated and nuanced. And you're right, I don't think we've seen a lot of relationships with women where they genuinely hate each other and like how they interact and how they continue to be professional. But then, you know, we have these moments where it dips and it gets like really
1: serious. Yeah. I think that Claire, I mean, Claire's ambition for herself and, and it was a shared ambition when Frank was alive, they kill him off, which was my favorite thing ever. Um, but her ambition and her insatiable quest for power is something that I think was examined in such an interesting way in season six because it doesn't, as you said, it's very nuanced and it doesn't take a black and white perspective on feminism, a black and white pers- perspective on ethics, on politics, on everything is just murky and blurred. And even like the incredible seemingly feminist things she does, like having an all female cabinet or getting pregnant or, you know, doing all of these kinds of things. There's a great line that Diane Lane says where our, She talks about Claire weaponizing her feminism Mm. as a way to get ahead. And I just think that is such a, like, I just got goosebumps saying it. Like, that is such a fascinating concept of, like, women using feminism in an opportunistic way to get ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Whether or not you believe in it, whether or not that matters, you know? Yeah. And I think we see Claire talking to her cabinet on Air Force One, and she's like, mean to them. she They're always like a step away from getting fired. Like she's not it doesn't feel it's feminist. Not war, it's not
0: warm and it's fuzzy. Not,
1: well, She's not warm and fuzzy no. so she knows exactly what she needs to do. But she's still operating as a dictator essentially. Exactly. Yeah. And, and in the way
0: that Frank you know and her get power keep power you know keep people at bay who are who threaten that power. I mean it's the same thing it, but she's definitely using the umbrella of feminism which is um a great conversation and it's interesting yeah and at the same time I love that she would just like rub it in Diane Lane's face when she came to the Oval Office and they had that big fight she's like oh yeah by the way I want to show you something and she just whips the door open and all the women are there and she's like this is my cabinet bye bitch it just was (laughs) there's something so phenomenal about the moments that they take to really like put a stamp on the ground that this is going to be different, but it's not. Yeah, which is interesting. But I think the the first kind of um, a couple of episodes were really living under Frank's shadow. Yeah. And I think a phenomenal thing that they did is they kept teasing these audio recordings of his diaries and blah blah blah, but we never hear them. We never see him. He truly feels like a ghost that just kind of haunts the episodes. Um, And I can imagine the frustration, especially somebody who didn't have a great relationship with him towards the end, having to live under his name and having to, like, everyone compare themselves, even, you know, the big theme is this, um, you know, powerhouse brother and sister. They're, like, the Koch brothers kind of, like, vibe, or the Koch brothers, and they had a relationship with Frank that is different now than one that they have with Claire, and it's, like, detangling that, basically. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought they did a really good job of having him be kind of there. It's obviously was a season or a series about him in a lot of ways, but they did a great job of shifting the focus to Claire.
1: Yeah, I will say, I think the season definitely felt very haunted. I think that there was kind of no other way they could have done that. Um, I think Netflix did the best job with it that they could. I love that they like killed him off, and it was like by no means is this guy coming back. Like, I, and I know this is the final season, but I was a little nervous before I watched. I was like, oh my god, are they just gonna say like they got divorced, and like we're gonna wonder forever if Kevin Spacey's gonna come up again? Or I like that they killed him off, and like that's where we're coming into this from. Um, I think the relationship with like the Greg Kinnear and Diane Lane brother sister is I, fascinating. I didn't know they were
0: brother and sister at first. Was that confusing to you? Yes, I couldn't figure a out.
1: Thousand percent. I almost
0: <laughs> think that they. They were like, I think they wrote them as a couple. And then I bet somebody in the writer's room said, This is too close to Claire and yeah. Frank. Yeah. Maybe we need to distance them a little bit. Because if- I couldn't figure out what, I couldn't figure out who was who. And then their son,
1: her, her son. son. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I was like, Who does he belong to? Her
1: son, who I thought was very, was going to be the spawn of Frank Underwood. I thought that's where they were going with that. Oh, wow. Because she's like, You know who, like, you know who he is. Who, or, Claire mentioned something about, like, I'm going to tell everybody whose kid that actually is if you don't get in line. Right. And then she does. I think she would have killed him off before, though. She I wanted-, wanted her to kill him off. <laughs> I wanted that kid to, like, be gone. He's so, I, I don't know. I was There's like- such an archetype of that, like, little boy who's, like, wearing
0: the trench coat and, yeah. like, is in tech and, thinks- and has tons of money and yeah. just thinks he has power.
1: Yeah, Um, she just threw him in jail forever. It was was great to watch Claire just fuck with him. Yeah, just like basically squash him like the bug he is. Yeah. Um, I was definitely confused at the beginning about the Diane Lane, Greg Kinnear role. But what I loved is that very first meeting in the first episode where they meet with Claire basically to just like get her on the same page as like where they left things with Frank.
0: Yeah. and
1: she's like, no, that's not what we're doing now that I'm president. that's not a thing. And the rest of the season shows how she can't just do that. Right. She can't like she's constantly trying to divorce herself of Frank's legacy mm-hmm. and constantly trying to build her own at the same time. Yeah, and operating in kind of the margins of like she's obviously so powerful and so terrifying. But that's not really seen not by enu- anybody. And it's not enough.
0: And it's not enough. Because of all of these horrible, yeah. um, like you said, the legacy of like the relationships and even with the vice president, like having all these people kind of work against you Yeah. in this space. It's like she was definitely swimming upstream. Yeah. And it just felt like nothing was really cohesive or clicking or in alignment for her to actually do
1: any kind of good work. She also had a really sticky situation with Doug, which is probably one of my favorite characters that's ever existed. Can we talk about Doug? Doug Stamper.
0: He is so scary. He's terrifying. He comes on screen and like a chill runs through my body. Yeah. And he (laughs) is just so terrifying of Mm -hmm. a person. Mm -hmm. And um, I told you this already, but he was on The Good Wife and he played like like a old western cowboy cameo of, like, a big oil man, and I was, like, so – he was such a great actor yeah, and, like, totally was a different person in that scene, and I was, like, I'm so scared of you.
1: Yeah. I like – so he's played by Michael Kelly, who in real life is, like, the warmest and funniest person ever. I've seen him interviewed, and he's, like, the opposite of everyone he always plays, which is amazing. That's so jarring to hear. Yeah. But I feel
0: like that happens in Hollywood where there are these polarities that allow people – to yeah. really go there, maybe.
1: I mean, Robin writes like that. Like in interviews, she's smiley, she's laughing, she's relaxed, like she's it's so fun to see that because Claire is the opposite of that. But um throughout the whole season, there's this kind of feeling that Frank Underwood wrote Claire out of his will and left everything to Doug, but nobody can like confirm or deny. It's very strange. And well, he did scene. it like the day before yeah. he died. Basically, there's a scene in the final episode where she's meeting with one of her advisors and he says, like, what are you going to do? You need to be careful about Doug, because Doug's already killing people off left, right and center. And she's like, he's my last connection to Frank. It'll be fine. And then she murders him as a pregnant woman in the Oval Office yep. with the letter opener. That Frank left him.
0: Yeah, we've, skipped, most, we've skipped ahead a little bit. It's the bit.
1: most Shakespearean thing I've ever seen, and I needed to bring it up because I just need to get off my chest how amazing that moment was.
0: Yeah, I think the the series kind of shifts from this relationship with the um, this brother-sister duo then to kind of Doug really being the problem and being the last as you said, thread to Frank, and kind of how are we gonna deal with that and how are we gonna get rid of it? And one of the reasons that um, Claire gets pregnant in the, in kind of more halfway towards the end is because she wants all, basically there's a clause in there, prenup that says if she has a baby, all the money will go to their heir. So she gets pregnant to stop Doug Stamper basically from receiving um, Frank's will, which is A, like, remarkable, and B, I think the scenes that she has with the baby or as a pregnant woman are so, like, spectacular and chilling and exciting to see. And cl- she has this beautiful, I don't even want to call it vulnerability, but this balance of kind of playing with her pregnancy and playing with the way people treat her. And there, there are a couple of scenes where she's like, do you want to feel my stomach? Like, she just, the manipulation of using the baby is so fantastic. Mm-hmm. And um, one of my favorite parts is when she's like, when she talks to the baby and she's like, she just says stuff to it. And sh- it's kind of in on your plan, on, in on her plan. And she's like, we're never going to talk about your father. Again. Like, just, it's, it's so, it's so great. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think it's... um. It's so interesting to watch her control, try to control everyone around her. And I think what makes Doug so interesting is she's used to him being so fiercely loyal to her husband. Doug's never been a problem for the Underwoods before. He's a problem for everybody else, but he's fiercely loyal to Frank. Right. And I think watching her kind of come to the realization that she can't control him anymore. And she was never in control of him. Well, also, we the reason, not
0: the reason that she kills him but one of the reasons is we find out that Frank was the one that or Doug was the one that killed Frank
1: yeah that was like the big reveal of like I didn't care about so much and I feel bad for not caring about it I didn't care about who killed Frank
0: I thought that it was I think it was interesting because the whole season where like um, Doug is this emotionally unstable person he is not quite right. Like, there was a lot of narratives in the media about, like, can we trust him? Can we not? Because he starts, you know, throwing mud at the first late – or President Underwood. Excuse me. Um, and then at the end, we come to find out, yeah, he's not mentally sound in any capacity.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And I think that that was interesting. It kind of puts a different shift because we're so in their world mm-hmm. that we are like, yes, this makes sense. Yes, mm-hmm. you can go after your therapist in a cabin. Like – But really, yeah, it seemed he was quite unwell, and I think it was interesting that he chose to kill Frank to kind of save his legacy,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: because I guess Frank was going to go kill Claire. That was the whole thing. I thought there was a lot of murder in this.
1: There's always a lot of murder in House of Cards. I don't think
0: there's this much murder. I think in the beginning, they were like, you know, we're going to throw an intern under a train. Like, it was used selectively in a really, like, powerful way, and- I mean, how many people did they kill this season? Like, five? Yeah, there's a lot of death. Left and right. Yeah. I thought, too much murder. Too
1: much murder. Okay. I thought it just
0: didn't ground it. It was like, one, everybody is a problem, we're just gonna murder them. Yeah. Because I was thinking, if they wanted to clear the deck for, like, a new season yeah. of cast of characters,
1: but do we need to kill everybody? I know. It just seemed like a lot of murder. Well, I think they wanted to go out with a bang. I think what's interesting is, I was reading... Reviews for this online because mm-hmm. I know how I felt about it, but I'm like, I also know that Netflix has fully given up on it and didn't do any promotion. Yeah, so I was like, this is kind of just like sleepily existing on Netflix, where nobody's really talking about it. Not in the way that we have with the first five seasons, where I remember when House of Cards would premiere and you would see it. Everywhere. I don't think we even saw ads in the subway. This no. no, and I was reading online, and they used to advertise it during like big media time so like they advertise it during the presidential debate and they would like align it with politics and like right. none of that happened this season but I think um, one of so going off of that I was like reading online and literally the world is split between men and women based on who liked this season really women are like this was the best thing I've ever watched it was so cathartic it was so amazing to see like how ambitious and like unapologetic she is And men were like, this is a fucking mess of a season. Really? And it's so funny because I was watching an interview with Robin Wright and Stephen Colbert, which was so amazing. It was a really, really lovely interview. He really gave her a lot of space about it. It was very cool. He's great. And Robin Wright championed to make this season happen. And I guess when when everything went down with Kevin Spacey, they met um, with the company who owns House of Cards as well as Netflix. And everyone was kind of like, what are we going to do? Like what, where do we want to go from here? And Robin Wright was like, well, listen, like 2,500 people are going to lose their jobs. If we stop production right here, it was always our intention to go for six seasons. Like, let's go out with a bang. Let's make me the president. And let's like get this going and bring it to where our contract said it would go. Mm -hmm. And Colbert said like the nicest thing. He said like, given the heightened political climate and the me too movement and everything that has been going on for women he was like it's so cathartic and amazing to put a woman in the highest office of the country and make an entire television season about her yeah and i couldn't agree more i think that that what that's what makes the season feel so triumphant for me regardless of the writing and we'll get into that regardless of you know kind of the messier parts of it it was just so it was just so amazing to watch this character who I've loved throughout the entire series step into her power and watch her navigate it.
0: I couldn't agree more. I almost felt like I wish that they had killed him off earlier yeah. (laughs) and we got more seasons and more episodes could just, I think you're right. I think there's something really cathartic about, you know, a her being a woman and, and seeing kind of some of the things that they said about her, you know, it made me, my heart ache a little bit for Hillary and what she had to go through just to campaign and to speak her mind in the way that we get judged. But also, you know, when she gets pregnant and we see, like, you know, a pregnant woman in the Oval Office. And she's wearing her goddamn tail, her, like, gorgeous dresses. And she looks spectacular. And, like, the pregnancy is not the main focus, obviously, of this woman's life. I was shook. Mm-hmm. Like there's a scene where you can just see her bump and it's like the silhouette of her in the oval. And I I cried. Yeah. I was like, this is so fucking powerful. Like this is, I mean, I'm also very pregnant right now, but I was like, we, you know, we look at pregnant women in the media, it's like they're helpless, they're, you know, messes, like to see such a powerful put together woman and then give her that sphere of motherhood also in like such a dynamic way where it's not her biggest interest it's not like her main focus she didn't even get pregnant you know she did it maliciously but then she's still kind of growing this relationship with this girl is just fa- it was fantastic
1: yeah i feel like so often in representations of pregnancy in Hollywood. Like we see it as either something that the woman has to get through and get over and move on to the next, like basically get back to her life after pregnancy Mm. or it's like all consuming and it's, you get kind of get into the pitfalls of like really bad stereotypes and tropes and that kind of thing. And I, I agree with you. I think showing Claire Underwood pregnant as like balancing these two sides of her life was so innovative and it just felt like something I, I haven't seen before. Yeah. Um, And I wish everyone was talking about it. And I think this kind of gets into my criticisms of this season is like, I think Robin Wright elevated the entire season through her performance, through the things that she was allowed to do, through the scenes that she got to have with Diane Lane and Patricia Clarkson. Um, But I think the writing in this season is kind of all over the place. And... It's a little muddled, it's a little murky, and I think that she, her performance is really the through line that kind of gets you to the end.
0: Absolutely. I mean, I think she is obviously the thread that kind of keeps everything moving. Um, but that being said, I, I think still this was one of the most fun series I've watched in a really long time. Um, I think there's like a lot of dynamic feminist elements. There's a lot of conversations to be had. I think the way, especially I think to your point, like the way the women treated each other, like when she gets that Pitocin drip and because Diane Lane like bribes the doctor or whatever, I was losing my mind. Yeah. Like, and they sent her into pre Like there's so much added, beautiful added drama and it's so complicated. Um, I think it was just like, a, and you're right, the writing was, there was a lot of, I, I as I said, I think there was a lot of murder. I think they kind of were like, they Let's threw it here all. they threw it there. It was just, <laughs> we're not even going to deal with these episodes. We're just going to kill these yeah. people off. Instead of just like sending them into the sunset or something, you know? <laughs> well, who cares if we had to kill that one lady? I know.
1: I liked her. I know. We had to kill, what was, she was the secretary. Catherine of State. Durant. Yeah. Secretary Durant. RIP. RIP. And Patricia Arquette. I liked Patricia Arquette. You no, know, seriously. We just knocked them all oh back. Oh, God. Everybody. Yeah. I kind of wanted them to bring Rami back. Herschel Ali played M- Rami in like the first few seasons, but he's Oscar winner now, so he can't come back.
0: I know. I want to see that movie. Yeah. The Green Book. Oh, yeah. Looks amazing. It looks great. Looks like great. A, like a great Christmas flick.
1: Um, I would watch a thousand more episodes of Claire Underwood as president. 100%. I agree that I think we need to make a spinoff with her and her daughter. Yes. With like a Chelsea Clinton, Hillary Clinton yes, dynamic. This is,
0: this is what I'd like to pitch. Okay. Okay, so Claire Underwood is still, like, Claire, like, psycho crazy. Her daughter is running for Senate or governor or something and is, like, starting her political career, and Claire mentors her about being, like, a cunning bitch, like, crazy person in, like, Washington. Or they could even – we could take them out of Washington. We could go somewhere else. But Amazing. I think having their dynamic together and um, – Even kind of hearing a little bit about they did like a little bit of a flashback. What do you think of the flashbacks in the series? I
1: liked it. I wish they actually would have done that more Mm -hmm. while Frank was alive because I think it, you know, she's such a piece of granite. Like she's such a marble statue. And I think that those flashbacks really serve to show that like, yeah, she's always been really a hard ass, but she's also human. Yeah, and, and I I liked it. That. I liked that they showed her like longer hair and like she's dating another guy while she's engaged to Frank. And like, yeah. I wish they almost would have done that with Frank a bit more to humanize mm-hmm. him a bit because I think otherwise they become monsters and you you almost can't relate to it anymore. So I like the flashbacks. Yeah, I also loved that they pulled actual quotes from female politicians. Really. And gave them as lines for Claire to say. So while she's at the July 4th event where she's talking to the troops Mm -hmm. that she's sending to Syria, one woman says, a woman who um, is a soldier says to her, do you have a plan or is this just like you trying to get ahead politically? Like she basically calls her out in front of everybody at this event. And Claire says back to her, if I were a man, would you ask me that question? And Nancy Pelosi said that when she became a senator way back in the day to a reporter who said, how are you going to balance motherhood with your new job? So it was like word for word, which I thought was such a beautiful tribute to all the women who have put up with so much misogyny and sexism. I wonder what the
0: women in government, if they're just like loving, because this is really you're kind of acting out your... your ba- your worst behaviors yeah. in a lot of ways and you're unleashing yeah in ways that women have to remain so contained yeah and we did see that a lot with the way clara was public facing which was really interesting too Yeah, and i kind of liked the way she used feminism like at there was that other rally where she's pregnant and they're like they don't think i can be commander of chief because i'm a mother
1: like she just the, <laughs> this stuff she says was so i don't know it's just delightful and the whole conversation about Miss sandry and like women who hate men and how she's kind of like hinting at like that's the party line she wants to move forward with <laughs> like yeah loved it there was a lot there was a lot going it on this season
0: I you got we need to watch it watch it again share i think it. it's like i think people need to tell other people about it cuz netflix obviously isn't doing a good job
1: yeah and i think that for women especially watching this season the writing is a little all over the place but she is exceptional and I I really did feel the catharsis I really I was like grinning at times I was crying like it's a big deal that Netflix put this together and I want to thank Robin Wright for championing this season
0: 100% thank you Robin love it
1: any other notes any other feedback
0: um no I think that's I mean yeah yeah, it was all about Robin I can't say enough about the pregnancy stuff I thought that was like mind-blowing yeah
1: it's amazing so good. Well, thanks Aaron, and thanks Kent for spending your Wednesdays with us. And if you want to leave us a review, tell us what you're watching, tell us what you think of House of Cards, please email us at beavertalkpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yeah, or you can head to feministwensday.com slash beavertalk and add a comment there.
1: Whatever you want to do. <laughs> We're here for you. Time to weaponize our feminism.
0: Let's do it. Happy
1: Feminist Wednesday. Happy
0: Feminist Wednesday. The ache within is black and bitter.
1: A thousand frantic shadows scream and chant bitterly.
0: I sleep on a lake of a thousand diamonds.
1: You were 12?
0: Yeah, I was way ahead of my time. Fair enough. Tune in. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production.